if you're just like standing in the middle of the desert and you see this like city off in the distance, <laughs> that's Yodaville. Yeah. But then once you start going towards it, it doesn't you're really like, look oh, like a city. You're like, oh, there's a city out here. Yeah. Then when you walk towards it, you're like, it's just a bunch of those shipping containers stacked on top of each other with millions of bullets in each <laughs> container. <laughs> and um, cars and tanks were bombed in like yep. only tiny pieces. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Welcome to Off the Beaten Path, but not lost. With Tony, Kristen, Kylie, and Lexi. Join us on this RV full-time living journey. Across the beautiful United States. Where the fail was. Welcome to episode 111. Today we're going to give you an update on what we've been up to for the last month. Make sure you're following us on Instagram or Facebook or wherever you're at, at The Fayolas. If you want the show notes for this episode, you can find them at thefayolas.com slash 111. All right, let's get started. Our last update that we had given you, we had just went on the light parade. It was before Christmas. Yeah, the, I think our last update, we kind of ended explaining we were in the light parade in the foothills. We went through a ton of RV parks, um, said a Merry Christmas at least a thousand times. <laughs> the kids were having fun. The dogs were like hanging out the window the whole time. It was cute. Yeah, Freya was my um, Merry Christmas buddy. Yep. <laughs> she um, sat up at the window with me saying it. That led up to Christmas Eve, which we did just hung around, got ready for Christmas. We did do our annual Christmas Eve scavenger hunt. So we actually ended up going back into one of the RV parks that our parade went through because their setup, their Christmas lights and decorations were second to none. Yeah, he had like a walk around thing. Like yeah. you could get out and like walk around his house yeah, in his neighbor's parked. house. Yeah, we parked <laughs> and there was just a ton of people out. Everybody was walking through this, like, little light show thing. <laughs> and then when, uh, me, Mom, and Lexi were coming back to the Jeep, and we were walking, and all of a sudden, these two cats came out of the bushes, <laughs> ran super quickly past us. They were, like, fighting each other or something, but... <laughs> Chasing each <laughs> it was, other. It was pretty scary. I thought, like, some rabid animal was coming after us. <laughs> I thought it was, like, a raccoon and then, like, a squirrel. Yeah, we screamed. Tony didn't even budge. I didn't even hear it. I didn't know what was going on. (laughs) But it was a lot of fun. And we've done this now, like, I don't know, three years or four years. Uh, And it's so much fun. We we print off a scavenger hunt of things that we want to find, like blue lights, uh, Mickey, Santa, stuff like that. Um, And then we just go out and try to find everything. And we cross everything off as we go. We usually have snacks and uh, hot cocoa. And this year, I thought it would be a nice little treat to do uh, some peppermint oil in the hot cocoa to make it, you know, nice and Christmassy. Except the peppermint oil is much more potent than I thought. I mean. So even though. (laughs) Hold on. It's not peppermint oil. It's peppermint extract. Whatever. And so you're supposed to use like tiny, tiny, tiny bit. Apparently, (laughs) one drop, their one drop versus my one drop is a big difference. (laughs) Lexi's like, I can't drink this. It's burning my face <laughs> off. And Tony's like, well, you just need to let it cool down. And she's like, no, like, 
It's like burning my eyes, Dad. <laughs> yes. I'm like, well, I'll drink it. I only drank about a third of it. I'm like, this is too peppermint What's going on? Mine was perfect, or at least I liked it. <laughs> this is a lot of fun, though, and I highly recommend you do this, especially if you're an RV family where you are in different locations for Christmas because it's fun. It's fun to get up and get out and travel around and see what your neighbors are doing or what the community that you're in is doing. It's a lot of fun. And it's totally different. Like, we got to witness something totally different when we were in Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. Because there's a huge... I don't know if it's Cuban or Puerto Rican Yeah, I thought it was Puerto but... Rican. Um, but maybe you're right. Maybe it is Cuban. But either way, they do a whole different, like, celebration the night before Christmas. Yeah. So that was really cool to see. And we would never have known about it if we didn't do this. So <laughs> I highly recommend you get out and just drive around and see uh, all the fun lights. And it's fun because you're with your family and you can have snacks and you can have Christmas music playing. And it's just fun. Especially when you're warm. Like, yeah. we, we lived in Michigan for 30-something years. So Christmas Eve, driving around, you'd have to be bundled up and you'd have to have the windows up. But here in the Southwest or in Florida, you have the windows down and you're in T-shirts, yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's totally different. There's palm trees that are decorated like Christmas trees instead of, you know, big Christmas trees. It would still be fun to do this in, in winter, though. I think we're going to do this from now on the rest of our lives because it's fun. <laughs> I agree. It's just a little different. You know what I mean? Yeah. Christmas Day, we pretty much just hung out. We did, you know, gifts and we did a nice dinner. We did a big turkey dinner on Christmas Day. In between Christmas and the New Year, we had to have our Jeep fixed. And this is yeah. a problem that was ongoing from uh, even uh, November. November. Yeah. So for the most part, we were not leaking oil. Like, we weren't just driving around town leaking oil. Like, it actually never leaked, really, unless we were trying to go up a hill. Yeah. Off-road uh, off uphill. So while in Sedona, we realized it was going to be a problem. So we'd eventually have to have it fixed. Well, we were waiting until we got into Yuma where we could be in one spot. We could find a mechanic or a shop to look at it and fix it. Um, I reached out to some of the Yuma off-road groups on Facebook that I'm part of. And uh, they had some very good recommendations. So I looked up one of the shops and uh, met up with the guy, confirmed that was the problem, ordered the part, set up the appointment. He fixed it on a Friday. It was actually the Friday before... New Year's weekend, uh, got it back and didn't drive it much. And then I think on Sunday morning, I went out for something and uh, discovered there was a, a leak again. It wasn't too bad at first, but uh, on New Year's Eve, we had some plans to go out. So on the way out, we discovered that it had turned into a major problem. Yeah. <laughs> I think Kylie was like, uh, we a, have a lake behind us. Yeah, there's like a line behind us is what she said. I can see a line. <laughs> so I looked and sure enough, it was leaking, uh, actively leaking while we were driving out yeah. of the parking lot. So we turned around, just parked it. He took it the next day, fixed it, turned out to be a faulty part, brought it back to us within a few hours. And it was good to go. It's been good since. That's been almost a month. Yep. Now we have a different leak. Now we have a different leak, <laughs> unrelated to the first leak. Hashtag Jeep. It's a Jeep thing, <laughs> uh, I guess. From what all the research I've done on all these parts, it's like we are starting to reach that 100,000 mile mark on our Jeep. We bought it with low miles, but we put a ton of miles on it. I think this we're starting to get into this cycle of the common things that go wrong with this specific model. So Have um, confidence, Tony. Um, the Be and be positive that this is the only problem. 
Yeah. And then we'll be good. Anyways, we'll have the Jeep in again, and we'll let you know on the next update how that goes. <laughs> yep. But either way, the mechanic that we had work on it, he's been great. Uh, I would highly recommend him to anybody. He's easy to work with. Actually, great prices compared and to all the... he brought you, like yeah, he brought you home and stuff, which was Yeah, really he cool. gave me rides because he knew that that was my only vehicle besides the RV, and he didn't you know, want me moving the RV around to you know, switch vehicles and stuff. So I would have made you Uber or something. He just gave me rides <laughs> and he delivered the Jeep and it was, it was amazing. Every, all working with him was great. Speaking of New Year's Eve, uh, we did our annual new thing that we just started last year where we do a different activity each hour on the hour. So like we pop a balloon for like 4 p.m. Well, it goes in order. So like at, it starts at 12 p.m. Like lunchtime, and then we pop a balloon each hour from then until midnight. Well, th- last year we popped balloons, but because this year our dogs are terrified, of huge pops. babies. Not dogs, Fran doesn't One dog. care. <laughs> Elsa, the older dog, she does not like balloon popping. She doesn't like popping in general. So we had virtual balloon balloon popping. Mom made a slideshow. A slideshow, <laughs> and so the kids would pop. Pop the balloon, and the balloon would pop, and then the next slide would show up. A couple of things that we did was bike ride to lunch, um, make snacks, go to the pool. And one of our new favorite snacks that we have ma- that we made on New Year's Eve, first time we made it, was chocolate-covered pretzels. But they're so good. Mm-hmm. It's just three. It's like three ingredient ingredients. Yeah, it's very easy. Pretzels. Melted chocolate, any chocolate, and then something to put on top of it. You don't even have to put anything on top of it. And we put some peppermint extract in it. (laughs) But dad was very careful. (laughs) Less than a drip. (laughs) And then you just coat them in that stuff, and then you put whatever you want on top on top of it. It's so good. Yeah, I think the first time we made it on New Year's Eve, uh, we used, like, uh, white almond bark, right? Mm -hmm. Melted that. That's really good. And then kind of dipped the all the pretzels. That's the only bad thing is it's kind of like you can't just lay all the pretzels out and then just dump it. Like we can't because we don't have that kind of space or uh, all the utensils that we would need. But, but it's uh, still fun to do that. Yeah. It's almost more fun for the kids to dip each one. We just went and dipped all the pretzels. I tried to drizzle it on some of them. It didn't really <laughs> work out that well. So Something that we did last year and we did it again this time is go to the pool and go swimming at like 10, I think, or 10 o'clock balloon or is a pool which that's a lot of fun we have played games there's just a few other things too i can't remember all of them some some crafts like painting and stuff like that yep oh we also cut up confetti for uh the (laughs) new year oh yeah i had the kids cut up their own confetti (laughs) and clean up their own confetti but that was fun we had a really good new year's eve we we kept busy we did have a, a one of the extra plans that we had to postpone because of the jeep uh, we'll talk about that on New Year's Day. New Year's Eve, we also play the music from that time, yep, which is kind of fun. So, so like, like nineteen, like two o'clock was nineteen twenties, three o'clock was nineteen thirties. Yep. And we had a really good New Year's Day. We had a rib dinner, my favorite. Mm-hmm. We used the turkey fryer for that. The ribs turned out amazing. And because we were not able, so one of the activities on New Year's Eve was to go out into the desert and, and do like a scavenger hunt. Yep. We popped the balloon for five o'clock, and that was uh, go look for like something brown, something green, something alive, like a scavenger yeah. hunt. And then we we're gonna bring the iPad with us to do the next balloon because we probably wouldn't make it back. And six o'clock, 
was going to be laser gunfight, but we weren't able to do, do either of those. Yep. So instead, we just went a bike ride around on a bike ride f- around our park. Yep. Since he fixed the Jeep earlier on New Year's Day, we were able to do um, an off-road trip that evening. And so we went and did those two things. And uh, we found these really cool tiki huts. Out, well, we didn't find them. They, Tony knew about them, but yeah. we've never <laughs> seen them before. Um, out in, what is that? Arizona. It's Arizona State Trust land. So it's kind of like right outside of the foothills area. There's a lot of kind of desert land, like dunes and sand and trails. And a lot stuff. of deep trails. Yep. And um, there's uh, some local groups that kind of build these little tiki hut stands out there. <laughs> They're there. very, very cool. We've got a bunch of pictures of them. Like we've, I don't know if we've shared any pictures yet, but we probably will on this one. One of them um, is like a tiki hut, but then there's also like a bar. Like a, bars yeah Yeah, they have some crazy stuff built out there but they have like light set up solar lights i mean these are pictures yeah like little signs like that you'd see from like i don't know michael's or like hobby lobby (laughs) there's all kinds of stuff yeah they've put a lot of work into them which is kind of fun they put a lot of little like jeep ducks and stuff on them yeah we left one there signed our name on one of the tables with everybody else yeah we were out there for a while and we had a super epic laser gun fight we have a video from that we can probably share (laughs) Epic. I don't it was know. epic. <laughs> I lost every one of them. I wouldn't say it was epic. But it was fun. We did uh, teams. Mm-hmm. It was all us girls against dad, and he beat us all. <laughs> and then uh, and then we did teams, and then we did individuals, last man standing type thing. It was a lot of fun, though. It was at sunset, so that it was a nice setting. Mm-hmm. All these tiki huts are kind of all built on hills, like on the crests. So you have a really good view all around. It's just really pretty setting. It was fun. But I did not know that the laser guns that we have have different settings with each setting has more power. And I'm pretty sure you you were using a different power setting because I would be like shooting right at you and then you would shoot me once and kill me. And there's just no way. I just have better aim. There's four things. There's the, um, there's the pistol. Yep. The shotgun, machine gun, and then there's a rocket. Were you using the rocket? I don't use that one very often because it's slow. Yeah, it takes a couple minutes. I like the machine gun. Yeah, me too. It only has one. (laughs) So you got to refill. (laughs) Two at a time. I think I was using the pistol. (laughs) I use the pistol a lot because I can shoot it faster. Either way, that was a lot of fun that night, Mm -hmm. that day. And then when we stay in Yuma, we stay at the same park. We really like this one. It's like an encore park here in this area. Um, So every two weeks we have to leave because we have to be seven days out. Yeah, with our membership, it's two weeks in, one week out. And we like to boondock at Barry Goldwater Range. One, because it's like five minutes. Yep. From the campground. It's it's very quick. It's literally the easiest move day out of any of our traveling. It's It's a straight line. Yeah. It's really easy. There's, But the problem is there's four spots here. So we're kind of at the mercy of, like, who's here. But we've gotten lucky every time when we've gotten a spot. Last year, nice. last year, one of the weeks we came here and they were all full. So we had to actually go to a, our secondary spot. Remember yeah. that? And now we can't go there because they have some yep. other stuff going on. Yeah, they got so. some road construction. They're using all that area for all their equipment and stuff. But there's plenty of boondocking around here. That's not an issue. I like boondocking here, though, because there's some off-road trails we can do. It's quiet. It's very quiet here. Yeah, it's dark. Yep, it's very little traffic compared to 
the RV park, which is a uh, hop, skip, and a jump right away from the interstate. Yeah. So you have that noise. It's a constant noise. So they It's all- not, like, super loud. It's not loud to us. Like, it doesn't bother me at all, the mm. campground. Yeah. <laughs> While we were boondocking here, I was in contact with somebody at the Barry Goldwater Range. He's the range director. His name is Bill. Uh, met him uh, last year, a year before, and got his information, and he told me when we wanted a tour to get a hold of him and he could set that up. So uh, we had that. We, we were in, talking to him, set it all up. It was a Tuesday morning. So the girl, Kristen had to work, so unfortunately she couldn't go, but she would have loved it. So the girls and I got up early that day, and we headed about 18 miles into Barry Goldwater Range where we met up with some people. So the tour started about 10 o'clock. Um, there was another group that was there. Uh, side-by-side group. We were the only Jeep, but it was a, it was a small group. I think it was about 10 or 11 people plus us. We met up with a conservation officer from the range, and uh, she let us in. We were there. We, we ended up spending a good portion of the day there. Like four hours. Five, four or five four, hours, yeah. yeah. And we first stopped at Yodaville. Can you explain what Yodaville is to people who don't know? Yeah. So if you're just, like, standing in the middle of the desert... And you see this, like, city off in the distance. That's Yodaville. <laughs> yeah. But then once you start going towards it, it doesn't you're really like, look oh, like a city. You're like, oh, there's a city out here. Yeah. Then when you walk towards it, you're like, it's just a bunch of those shipping containers stacked on top of each other with millions of bullets in each <laughs> container. <laughs> and um, cars and tanks were bombed in, like, yep. only tiny pieces. Yeah, it's pretty wild. We had known about Yodaville before because we have done a lot of trails out in Barry Goldwater. So the biggest thing of this tour is the whole tour is within a uh, restricted area. Like the public, even with your Barry Goldwater permit, the public is not allowed to access this portion. It's a huge portion of the range. And that's because they do a ton of... uh, Aircraft? They do a lot of aircraft weapons testing out here and training. So you'll have jets and helicopters and all kinds of stuff out here actually, you know, testing all their weapon systems. They don't actually use live explosives. They do fire inert bombs and missiles, so they don't they don't have a huge explosion. They just have smoke so that they know where they're if they hit what they targeted. And we learned all this stuff on the tour. It's really neat to see. They also have a remote control truck that they use when they're up in the air, like the helicopters and stuff. Yep. It's like a moving target that they have to try to shoot, which is really cool. Yep. I have four things to say. Okay, but two ahead. of them are pretty much the same. So one of their guns they have, they have nerfs. And they have like the uh, nerf bullets. And it's actually not like... One of the things where you get a Nerf gun and there's just like those foam things. No. If you step on one of those, it could break your leg. Mm-hmm. So that's two of the things. Second but one it's was, because it ha- it's like a firecracker, but like a lot stronger. Yeah, like I said, yeah. it, it has a uh, some sort of smoke and component And they're like unexploded. It. it can, it, it doesn't have like a, it's not like a bomb, but it can ignite and it can hurt, hurt, hurt you, so harm you and then dad do you remember those big booms we were hearing yeah maybe that was them training maybe one thing that we did when after we left because we were at yodaville for probably about 20 or 30 minutes and uh they were explaining all the operations they actually do laser guided uh, weapons and laser weapons there uh which is a big deal and 
once we left there, we went right outside and about, I don't know, what was it like? Uh, I don't know what they said, maybe a thousand meters or something. There was an observation tower that we stopped at. So at the observation tower, when they're doing training at Yodaville, there's people in the observation tower monitoring all these things and probably controlling the remote controlled vehicle and stuff while they're doing that. From the observation tower, we moved on to where they have an actual deck of an aircraft carrier built. Just the deck, though. So, like, we can see, and it has, like, the lines and everything, so you can see yep, and what it has all the, the things are. Yeah, it has the bridge tower and everything. Now, this aircraft carrier is not set up like a huge, like, Ronald Reagan, like, for uh, jets and stuff. This is for, like, hovering-type aircraft. So, a lot of different helicopters train here. And some of the jets that can actually do like a vertical takeoff and landing, uh, those guys train here as well. And we he let us go inside, and there was probably about 100 steps. Yeah, yeah, we had to go up, uh, I don't know what, three or four flights of stairs to get up to the top. And the very last one we went up, that one was super steep. It was kind of like yeah. a ladder. Yeah, kind of what it remind you of, like... Uh, Kind of like the USS Alabama, those stairs. Yep. Uh, like when it w- we were inside those yep, stairs exactly. up, that, that reminded me of it. Yeah, it's more like a ladder mm-hmm. than it is stairs, right? But that was fun. We got to go up into that tower. They explained all the controls. They train a lot of communications for, like, takeoff and landing, uh, like air control and or traffic, air traffic control and stuff like that on the on ships. They have it marked off boundaries around where it would be water instead of land so the, the pilots all know where to go and how to train for that. Um, what else? There's a lot of – there's a lot – it's it's all, obviously all for training, but um, there's a lot of cool components to this thing. There's fueling stations. Oh, and the, there to the next stop was a gas chamber. Yep, after we left the uh, aircraft carrier area, we drove over to the CS gas chamber where they train the Marines to handle all the CS gas, which is what? like Tear gas. Yeah. Like, Doesn't sound like fun. So they take their mask, put it on, go in this like room, yep. and then they fill the room with tear gas, and they crack their mask, and they have to breathe it in and like... Do all these head motions yep. and positions, and then they can go out. And um, she said that she, the girl said she had to do it, and she said she was probably um, she the first time she did it, she was uh, she did not like it. Her, <laughs> I don't think you'd like it any time, but <laughs> yeah. maybe you, maybe you uh, maybe it's not as bad each time you do it. I don't know. Yeah, because you start getting used to it, maybe. I don't think you can totally get used to it, but what, do you remember what she said? What everybody that I've ever talked to, and you guys have heard stories, what happens when you get all the gas in your lungs and sinuses? People say that they never knew their body could produce so much snot. <laughs> so as you can tell, the kids really enjoyed this. <laughs> yeah, it was really fun. You don't get- as you can tell, they really enjoyed this because they've been talking about it like crazy. <laughs> I had a blast, and I know the girls did because they were talking about it forever. And <laughs> at the aircraft, we got to shake um, the pilot's hand. Yep. 
What was his name? Do you remember? Bill. <laughs> yep. Yep. Bill, retired fighter pilot. Pretty awesome guy. So while we were at the gas chamber, we could also hear them training rifles, right? Mm, yeah, the rifle range. Yep, there's a rifle range. We couldn't obviously go to that because there was, it was yeah. in Yeah, they use. couldn't shut down everything for us to exactly. go look at. Yeah, that's another thing. This this tour... Uh, Most of they, the stuff that we went to was sh- uh, closed for that for couple the hours. Yeah. Yeah, they have a small window where they can close it and they can give a tour. Um, they Everything about it, like I was worried about taking pictures and videos at first because I wasn't sure because this is all like restricted area. It's on the Marine Corps, you know, training area. And I just didn't know what they would allow. But they were talking, the way they were talking, they said, you know, this is publicly, this is taxpayer funded. They want to show people what they're using their money for and how they're using it and um, so they encouraged everybody to take pictures and videos, and it was really cool. You thought it was going to be a lot shorter. Oh, well, he told me that it should be two hours. Yeah, you were out there for like four. We were out there for five. Oh. <laughs> but after we did the, uh, we went to the that CS gas chamber. We went to, or by the rifle range. On the way out, we stopped at a couple different ground training areas that they don't really use anymore. But the, um, the conservation officer that gave us part of the tour, she's a Marine, and uh, she said that when she went through all the training stuff, they were using that, and they would basically treat that as like a, like a forward operating base. Like when you go to a certain, like when you go to another country and you set up, so they have everything. They have, they have thousands of troops there. They have every aspect of running an operation from that base. She said when she was at that, um, it's kind of like a base camp, and when she said she was at it, there was probably 100,000 Marines. Yeah. Yeah, they bring in, uh, for their annual training, they bring in 100,000 Marines from all over the country into this, into Yuma. And there's something I really like about that place is there's like, a whole bunch of, like, in the middle of nowhere, there's a giant dent in the ground. And that's <laughs> yeah. from bombs dropping. Yeah. And then we saw, like, a missile we drove over. Distance. We yeah. drove over, like, a pothole from, like, a, a bomb or something. Oh, yeah, like, Dr- leaving Yodaville. I was looking back, and I was talking to the girls, and all of a sudden it was like, kaboom, the left side of the Jeep fell into a big hole. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I just drove through a crater from a bomb. <laughs> One thing I was going to say, when we were at the aircraft carrier, we were all standing around, and he was telling us some information. And all of a sudden, like, out of nowhere, he goes, oh, EOD just detonated something over there in the distance. And everybody turned around, and sure enough, as soon as everybody turned around, you could hear it because it was probably, I don't know, about a quarter mile away. And you could see the big puff of smoke, and then you could hear the sound after. That was pretty wild. That is crazy. (laughs) So, yeah, by that time, we were, you know, a good four, four and a half hours in, and we started making our way out. Um, So that was another good 30 to 45 minutes to get out of the range and get back home. But we had a blast. We learned a lot. Uh, It was very entertaining. So how do you recommend, or, like, how would you, what if somebody wants to do this? How do they do it? Um, I have a contact that I could share. It's the conservation officer. Uh, she gave me the email. 
Uh, I can share that with anybody who wants to. Yeah, I don't not, think I don't think we put it on the blog. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not just gonna like put it out there for everybody. But if somebody's interested in it, I can share that with you, and you can get in contact with her. Yeah. So just individually reach out to us, and we will uh, share that with you. If you're in this area and you want to do that tour, it was really cool. And that's all Tony did. He saw them doing it last year. Yep. And got a contact for when we came back this year. He just contacted the person and said, hey, when's the next tour type of thing. Um, and they told him. So pretty cool. All right. <laughs> one more thing I want to talk about with the kids that they're super excited about is the CPR class. So why don't you guys talk about that? So, so it was an ice cream social, and... <laughs> and this was by the time we got back to our RV park. Yeah, this is a different time, but another fun thing that the kids were really excited to talk about. So it was an ice cream show- social, and what you did is you got your ice cream already and stuff. Then you went to sit down, and then you watched a person do a CPR class. Yeah, first responder. Yeah. It was a local fire department that came in and was talking about fire safety. And uh, they were telling us they're building a new fire station right around the corner from the RV park. So they're going to be handling all the, um, any emergencies, emergency calls that come in for this area. She went over a lot of different things with the fire safety and emergency responses and stuff like that. And then we got into an actual instruction on how to properly do CPR with compressions only. Cause from what I understand, they don't really do like mouth to mouth anymore. They use uh, like a breathing apparatus kind of thing for that. Um, but for somebody who's not really fully trained in first responder kind of stuff like life saving CPR, um, this is something good to know. So Lexi, why don't you tell us, what you learned on a proper procedure, how to do chest compressions. So, if you see someone fall down, you go over to him, um, push on his shoulder very hard, and yell, are you okay? And normally they respond if they're just, like, taking a nap. <laughs> but if, yep, yep. if they don't respond, then you should probably do CPR. Yeah, so you want you want to try to oh. get a... You want to try to get a response from them, right? And also, you should check for snoring, um, yep. breathing, breathing, any type of irregular breathing. Yeah, and then there's something and then, else. And then the next step is call nine one one or have someone else call nine one one. Exactly. Yep. And then, if they don't come right away, then while you're waiting for them, you can do the CPR. So you take your hands, put your fingers. Like through your finger, yep. other interlock end. your finger, yeah. yep. and then you take your heel of your palm, go in the center of the chest, and then um, normally you have to go. Well, you have to go two inches deep. Yeah, so you have to do hard compressions. Yeah, and what did she say? Normally, what happens when you're doing proper chest compression? Normally, you break a rib. Yeah. It doesn't sound very fun, but if my life's on the line, you can break my ribs. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Crack. What would be a cause of somebody to, like, fall down, uh, lose consciousness or something like that? Cardiac arrest. Yep, cardiac arrest, something like that. Mm -hmm. So as you're doing these chest compressions, do you remember what song she said is the proper rhythm? It's something that you're trying to do to the person, too. You're trying to keep them. Alive. Yep. 
So the song staying with the alive. perfect rhythm is Staying Alive by the Bee Gees. So that's kind of funny. And you have to um you have to uh push down the same rhythm as that song. Yep, Isn't it a hundred a hundred times per minute? I think so. Yep. yep. Because you're doing these uh chest compressions, do you remember what the goal of this is? What is doing chest compressions? What are you doing to, to that? To try person? to get them to breathe at least. Well, it's not helping no. them breathe. You're trying to get the oh, blood uh, full, flowing, flowing, yep. which to is the brain. Gonna, yeah, and then that um, put the blood will go to your brain, and that will give you oxygen to exactly. breathe. I don't think it's to breathe. I think it just keeps your it just it it keeps oxygen going to your brain, yeah. which is very important if if it's going to be several minutes before uh, first responders can show up and actually do what they need to do. So mm-hmm. it's important. So we learned a lot from that. I learned they the girls learned. Um, I did CPR a long, long time ago. I did a CPR class, but every, it's all changed now. And, and we had dummies to practice yeah. on, right? And she said, you don't want to like um, lean over the body. You want to go on your knees, go straight back, and use your body weight to yep. pump. Yep, stiff arms, right? You don't want to mm-hmm. bend at the elbows when you you're doing the compressions. You don't want to bend. You just want to go straight over and push. Yep. Also, before you should do any of that, you should do the shouting thing. Yep. And then if it doesn't respond, you can um, check for all the stuff. And then if he needs CPR, you can. it cannot be... Um, a uh, not it cannot be done on like a, a bouncy or soft surface. Mm, yeah. So like if it's on a hammock or a couch, you have to move it to the floor. Yeah. Or yep. Like a hard floor. A hard yep. table. Space. Yeah, you don't do chest compressions on a bed or anything, right? Because it's gonna push it down. Yeah. You won't, you won't oh, you just be, bounce I, the person up yeah. and down. And it won't even help. Well, cool. And this is not medical advice for anybody else. <laughs> this is just stuff that we learned that we're relaying. So I was just going to say that. Uh, disclaimer. We should, we should add a disclaimer to this. Good job, though, guys. But, what did they say? Oh. Because there was a like a dummy, right, that had lights on it. Yeah. And you guys got to practice. And you were not able to do it, correct? No, I hard. never even got a click. So what did they say for people that can't do it? Have your mom or dad do it if yeah. you have anyone else. And if they don't know, like you, we can teach them. <laughs> yeah. Like you. Yeah. You can teach whoever it is that's doing it. Or you just have to jump on the person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, ascent, you know, if it came down to it and all, every, all, everything fit together right and there was an emergency, the girls could t- technically talk somebody through it who's never, who has no idea. Yeah. What to do if they Sorry. were if they could keep themselves calm? Yep, because that would be a very stressful, scary situation. Yeah, absolutely. And right now, you're you barely even go pick up someone's sunglasses for them and give them to them <laughs> if they drop them. <laughs> but if somebody's life is in danger, I would hope that you guys would step up. But that was a very uh, fun thing to do, and it was a good learning experience. It was a cool field trip. We had two cool field trips, right? Yep. We had the Barry Goldwater tour, and then we had the CPR class. And um, some other stuff that we've done uh, last weekend, I went to do, I went to Kogel's on the road, (laughs) which if you don't know what Kogel's are, Kogel Meats, this is a company based out of Flint, Michigan that makes some amazing hot dogs. 
I know it sounds a little funny to hear somebody bragging. If you're from a, Michigan, you know this. Yeah, <laughs> somebody bragging about hot dogs, but these are the best. These are, Kogel Vienna's with natural casings are the amazing. That's what you want. <laughs> and they only sell them in Michigan except for these, like, mobile trucks, which is kind of yeah. cool. So Tony went and picked I up had a this, bunch. had this in my calendar for a month <laughs> at least. And the buns dad got it was the best hot dog i've ever ate in my life <laughs> oh yeah they were so good we had them for lunch that day and i don't even like buns or bread and that was the probably the best meat on bread i've ever ate <laughs> don't wow. go that far <laughs> that's impressive and i stocked up on those i got several packs of hot dogs while we were there um this is a company out of um the company that actually does Kogel's on the road is actually a Michigan store from Mesa, Arizona. She's a Michigan native, opened a store that sells Michigan products. And that, what was it called? Michigan Experience or something like that? Yeah, we need to go there. But it's like, oh, it's Michigan Marketplace maybe in Mesa. But they sell all Michigan-made stuff, foods and all drinks and stuff like that. So <gasps> Fago? They, had, they, have, they sell Fago, but they didn't have it on the, on the Kogel mm. truck. They had Verner's. But they didn't have Fago. What's Verner's again? Verner's is ginger ale. It's oh, like yes. the green one. So that was cool. We've got plenty of hot dogs for the for a while. And then another event that we had in the calendar for a while is something I actually heard about one of the probably the first time we ever came to Yuma and I never really thought about it again was an event put on by local people, probably snowbird people, I assume. It's called Howling at the Moon. He didn't tell me about this last year because I would have <laughs> insisted we do it because i just this is the funniest thing to me the best way to describe this is the way they describe it on their facebook page and it's a senior kegger <laughs> or it could be or like an ultimate tailgate party or something like that but it's definitely they call it the senior kegger they have t-shirts that say that because it's mostly snowboards mostly older people there wasn't a ton of kids there but it is family friendly there we did see a bunch of kids but not as many as there were adults but it's family friendly it's not yeah. like that i mean there's a lot of much older people <laughs> um and they have i would say retired retirees yeah. <laughs> and they have like their propane fire pits out there they have tables set up with food this is kind of why the tailgating thing because i saw some tables set up with like snacky foods out on it um they have like uh some food trucks there and the one thing I really liked about it, it was howling at the moon like wolves. Yep. And dogs were allowed. There was a bunch of dogs there. There was. There was a lot of dogs. Mm -hmm. We didn't take our dogs, though. We thought <laughs> yeah. about it, but that was, we had, uh, you don't you don't sit where you park. You park in, like, a big parking area. and Because the way it's laid out, it's kind of just, like, out in the desert, right? And they have this parking area sectioned off where you park, and then you walk out. There's food trucks. There's all kinds of tents set up around the outside. There's porta potties. There's a stage with live music. Uh, great live band. This is like a big deal, guys. It is a big. It's a way bigger <laughs> deal than I thought it was going to be. It's two days. They do it. Um, is it always two days every month? I think so. Okay, so it's yes or this month January, Thursday. Yeah. yeah, in January, Thursday was the full moon. Yep. So it was Thursday and Friday. This year we went Friday. So we didn't go on the big day. 
but there was quite a few people there. Do you know few? few hundred. Yeah. I, I assume that it's a little busier on the day of the full moon versus the second day, but I heard way. somebody talking, though, that said that there wasn't that many people there. Hmm. That there there was more on Friday this year. Okay. This month. But it, they do it, they usually do it through the spring, and then obviously they take the summer off because probably a, most of the people leave. Plus, you don't want to be out in the desert when it's, you know, 90 degrees out at night with all the creepy crawlies that live out there. <laughs> but I know they do start it back up, like, in usually October. And at, at the back, or should I say next to the mountains, we're all near yep. the mountains, the nearest by the mountains, there is a stage with a band. And in front of the stage is a dance floor, and there's, like, a hundred yeah. people dancing. <laughs> and then on the other side of the stage, there is, um, like, a whole bunch of stands. Yeah, like vendors. Yeah, with, like, clothes, jewelry, uh, oh, Girl Scout cookies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and one of one of the bigger uh, vendors, right, or the stands right there was the, I think it's, I'm assuming it's the event uh, organizer, because that's where they sell all their merchandise. Like, they have Howling at the Moon t-shirts and hoodies and hats. Yeah. Oh, I wonder if they had stickers. I didn't look for stickers, darn it. And there, one of the stands were, like, a bunch of jewelry, and there was a couple stands out, and it was, like, a necklace with a claw on it. Mm-hmm. And the girl that was, I think, running that vendor, she gave Kylie and I Two free necklaces. It was like it's like a heart with with um the mountains and the moon, and then there's probably about like six or five wolves on it, and it's super cool. Yeah, it is. That was a good surprise because I was up there buying a t-shirt, <laughs> um, and she came up and she just like gave the girls these necklaces. It was a fun event though. I actually just went to laugh and like make think this is like a joke kind of thing um because i saw i didn't believe it at first like i was like what is this and then tony showed me a video and i died laughing like it was so funny to me so i took this as kind of like a joke and i just wanted to go see this in real life and now i'm like planning for the next one that we're going to like bigger and better bigger and better we're like getting a wagon and we're gonna get like our propane thing (laughs) but here's the best part we didn't even mention we called it howling at the moon because you literally go oh, as soon we as didn't miss that part. as soon as the moon breaks over the mountains, you have to howl. Well, I didn't howl, but everyone Why? else did. Right? Yeah, I stood up on my on our bench and I scream howled. You get everyone three hundred people howling, and yeah. it's so it's so much fun. Yeah, I can't believe we forgot that part. Yeah, that's literally the whole point of it is. Everybody gets together to howl at the full moon. Yeah. It's not the band. It's not the food. It's not the whatever, merch. It's howling at the moon, literally. Yeah, so there's mountains there, and it kind of peaks over the mountains. And as soon as it starts showing, people start howling. And yep. it is so funny. And it howl- they, everyone howled for 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's the funniest thing. It's, it's such a cool thing. Like, when... Like Kristen said, she went there just to be entertained by the whole situation. <laughs> and now she's like planning on how we can do it better next month. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking this was so much fun. And it was like I said, wherever we go from now on, like after RVing or whatever, wherever we live, 
We're uh, gonna lay. <laughs> we need to organize a howling at the moon in some other state. But what I think is funny is we probably will be coming to Yuma to work. Most likely, yeah. For a long time in our life and we will be here. It, I came here to be entertained and like kind of make fun of the situation. Not like make fun of these people because I love the fact that Yuma people just are living their life. Like they're mostly retired here. There are a lot of snowbirds here and they are living the best life ever. They have more friends than I've ever had. And it's just so funny to see it. And I love it. Um, But so I, I mostly went to see that, right. To be entertained by the situation. And now I'm like, Tony, we're going to be here in 30 years. (laughs) Like I can see that this is, this is our people right here. Big time. (laughs) It was great. So if you're in Yuma, in the foothills area, Look up on Facebook, Howling at the Moon. If you want any information, you can ask us. We have all the info on it. I'll share it. Links, too, but it was funny. One other thing we want to mention in this one, I've actually received a jury duty notice, and Tony just received one recently. So we wanted to mention how this works for full-timers because it's actually kind of interesting. Uh, When you get jury notice, you get your mail. Uh, When we get (laughs) jury notice... Um, we may not find out for a little while, which could be a bad thing. And that's what happened with me. Um, I actually did not get it. We weren't getting our mail. And um, I had a notice sitting there, and I didn't even know that I had a notice. And thankfully, they sent me a text. Yep. Me too. Yeah, which was really cool because otherwise I probably would have missed that. And I don't know if this is an escapees thing or what, but um, I was very, very thankful that I got that text because I probably would have missed the the jury notice. Um, but either way, it was really convenient. You just click a link and you go through this like survey. And it's kind of funny because you have to go through the survey and it's a pretty long survey. And yeah. it's like asking you all these questions. And it pretty much sounds like, like, oh, I, I like I've got it on, I think both of us got it on off hours on the weekends. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we weren't able to call them. But when I was taking the survey, I was like, uh, I'm going to have to call them because this is like pretty much setting me up exactly. for jury notice. And I'm not in Texas. And then you get to the very end. And one of the questions is. <laughs> the last question. Yeah. Like the last question is something about like, oh, why do you want to be excused or something? And the first answer is, are you an escapees member? And you say, yes, you're an escapees member. And then it just ends. Like, it tells you yeah. you're excused. <laughs> like, or like, like, are you are you out of state? But I know that it's something like that. It's definitely like, are you an escapees member? Yes. Are you, you know, like in town or out of state or something? And then you, whatever you click, and then it ends. It's done. Yeah. Like, it's like, couldn't that like, question have exactly. been the first question? <laughs> Especially like, because... I would assume, you know, everybody has like a Rainbow's End or a Rainbow Drive address if you're a Scapies member out of Texas. And that should be like a f- indicator, <laughs> you know, first. But I don't know how they have it set up. But either way, it was very easy to, to be excused. Be excused. And I don't know if you called. Did you end up calling or no? no? You just went with it? I yeah. called still on Monday and just made sure. And she was like, yep, absolutely. We've marked you. You should have still called just to make sure. But I did call, and she's like, yep, you're excused and everything. But um, and I'm one- sad about it. I actually want to do jury duty, but every time they add the, I think this is the second time. Yeah, yeah. this is the second time since I've been in Texas, and um, both times we weren't close, yep. unfortunately. And we don't get our mail sent to us uh, on a regular basis because we don't have a lot of stuff sent there. Most of our stuff is all digital, emails or whatever. Mm-hmm. So we don't really worry about it. 
a lot of people probably do have more of a regular schedule for their mail, but this is why we kind of like we're behind on that because we don't have it sent to us a lot. We should probably have it. Sent I'm gonna. To us I'm more. going to because I have like some vehicle <laughs> registration and and those you know things that I have to take care of. So. And just a side note, if you do have more important things go, you can have scans made. Um, yep. Like you can pay extra for scanning and they'll scan it and send it to you like your email. So then you know when you need to have something sent to you. Um, we just really don't have anything important yeah. go there for the most part. Yeah. Half, I would say every time we get our mail, about two thirds of it is junk mail. Mm -hmm. And now I know that the probably the most important thing, which is jury notice, yeah. <laughs> they text you. I'm not worried about that either. I think that's it. I think that's a wrap. I don't think there's anything important to talk about anymore. Nope. Let's wrap it up. Excuse me. <laughs> we, we can't end this podcast without mentioning <laughs> our Detroit Lions. Oh, geez. I've un I can say, unfortunately, been a Detroit Lions fan for... Your entire life. My entire life. <laughs> and never have they been this good. So I've been, ex I've been watching... Every game, I've been super excited for the team. So we're going to be watching the NFC Championship game for the second time in my entire life. Well, what's funny is you're going to be listening to this podcast after the game, obviously. Yep. We're watching it, or we're recording it before the game, so Tony still has hope in his heart. I do, yeah. So <laughs> if you're watching this after and we lost today, then uh, just feel bad for him because... He's really holding on. My optimism curve for the Lions is at an all-time high right now. So, <laughs> What's funny is every year you go through these moments and then you realize like very quick in the season that, like, that the curve was too high and you yeah, lower it back down. Yeah. Um, but then you still have every once in a while you'll have that curve again for the game because they do really good sometimes in the yep. games and then they always lose it in the fourth quarter yep. like all the time. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how they pull this one off. I just need to get them to get to a Super Bowl. Like, that'll be amazing. So go Lions. <laughs> All right. I think that's a wrap. We have to uh, clean up because your game is actually starting in 15 minutes. So, yeah. So, yeah, we got some football to watch today. See you next week. Bye. 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 Yo, yo, yo. <laughs> Do you ever feel like that? No. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> no, neither. <laughs> I do. But my hearing is not bad. Where you're like the is. rocket that you thought thought was not um, loud, and it literally shook the jeep. Yeah, right. It did not shake the jeep. It did. It did. <laughs> I was shaking. No, you were. I was. <laughs> it's still the. It's still be. Uh, sorry, let me say that again. It would still. <clears throat> and if um, uh, aircraft is landing, and you go past the red line, then your bottom half will be chopped off. What? Oh, your legs. Yeah, yeah your legs.